Hello everybody, welcome to the 48th and final episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast this week with an incredible, incredible episode where we preview the World Championship match between Ding Liren and Jan Nepomnesi. Before we get to that, we will get through all the other action in the chess world and who better than to tell us about everything that's happening out there. Now, Peter Heine Nielsen. Peter, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm, you know, hanging out in the, the French Alps. So that's uh, an interesting experience. So, um, you know, life is good here at uh, one kilometer above uh, sea level. So generally, you know, uh, enjoying life and looking forward to talk a bit about uh, the, the the World Championship match with you guys. Must be nice. Laurent, are you depressed at least? Yeah, I had, I had, I had a half night, actually. I almost cancelled. So, no, what podcasts. happened? Uh, yeah, well, I was sick. I feel a bit better, but I was I was really uh, sick. So I don't know. Maybe you look. I, I you won't look go fresh. into. I I don't go into much details, but I think I ate something wrong yesterday. So oh, um, please, please yeah. elaborate. <laughs> uh, that was rough, but uh, yeah, I was commenting yesterday on on this chessable uh, masters. So very exciting stuff. I went to Bundesliga, even more exciting. I will brag about my my win on Saturday, um, which will annoy uh, Peter, you, I'm sure. You played? I really looked through the games and I didn't see you. You, you, you played? Yeah, you, you missed it. And even Magnus, okay. in one of the games, he repeated my, my game from Saturday. I, I was very proud during the live commentary. Uh, the last game he won against Artemiev with his uh, D66 Knight BD7. You can go and check. Uh, so the fourth game of the Rapid, he just followed my... Oh, that, my that game I saw, my, I didn't notice that it was linked to you, but okay. Yeah, my game from uh, from Saturday. So I, I won on Saturday and made it all on Sunday, which is the perfect plan, actually. Uh, so, yeah. Good for you. So it was a nice weekend. Two great weekends for you in a row. What about you, Jan? Yeah. I'm, I'm all over the place. I finished this prestigious Zugzwang streamers tournament in Hamburg. It was amazing. Congratulations to the winner, beloved hip-hop journalist Roos, won the final against Ronnie Berger. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a showdown. They reached Armageddon, but Roos prevailed. And then I went to do commentary in the next Armageddon tournament. I'm in Berlin, a very nice hotel, um, where I'm, I got to witness Dubov against Kramnik yesterday. Not sure we'll talk about it later, but might as well now. Kramnik flagged Dubov. They both have one second on the clock, and then Dubov lost on time. I did check. Dubov had the right to flag Kramnik because he's more than half his age. So he could have done it. Maybe he didn't know the rules exactly. So did it, it, it was dirty or it was... Uh, how does that work until the game? It was reasonably fine, actually. Yeah, Dubov. Okay. okay. Yeah. And threw some pieces a little bit, but just on the last move, and that's the move he lost on time with, so it was fine. But Kramnik did did hang a rook with his last move, so <clears throat> yeah, he yeah he had to hurry up as well. I didn't see any infos on on the tournament. Actually, uh, no no games. Uh, who is playing there? Yeah, that is the concept. Yeah, <laughs> Kramnik is here. Dubov is here. Abdus Satorov, Gukesh, Vidit. Yeah. Kartikeyan. Um, who am I forgetting? Jordan. Jordan is not here. No. Okay. Parham. Parham is here. 
Okay. Sure, I'm forgetting some world class player. Eight people. Eight people. Okay. But this is the Asian okay. stage of the tour, right? This is Asia and Oceania, okay. as you can see. Who represents the Ocean? <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Okay, fair enough. No. Well, yeah, no, it's kind of fun when you reach this Armageddon over the board, five versus four, of course. Somehow it always comes down to, to the final seconds. That's, that's all there is. Traveling around, probably I'll be doing the World Championship match commentary somewhere in German. Um, so, yeah, busy days, busy days, but can't complain too much. Yeah, we see your hotel room and we are a bit jealous, I would say. It looks better than Peter's, actually. Yeah. You're always welcome, Noah. Sure. I have a lot of space. <laughs> Mine is rather small, but should I draw the curtains? You can see uh, an incredibly beautiful uh, mountain view, but uh, well, then you will not be able to see me because of lights. So we have to make a decision on what you prefer. But uh, no, I mean, mine is a you know, small room, but an uh, amazing location. Yeah. That's this week's episode. See yeah. you next week with all of the action in the Ding versus Nepomneshi match. What else has been happening in the chess world? The Champions Chess Tour. We have Laurent, who closely followed all the action, but unfortunately he just left. So, Peter. Yeah. Um, what happened? Well, in Magnus's matches, he, he lost to Artemiev. Yeah, he lost the first one. I mean, uh, quite uh, spectacularly. I mean, it was four games. Black won all the games. Magnus started losing with White. And uh, I think he described uh, his own play in some rather de derogatory words uh, in the online interview afterwards. And, um, and then he got pretty lucky and, uh, you know, won uh, the, the last game when he was a complete draw. So he forced an Armageddon. Well, he was sort of structurally outplayed and he fought back uh, and, and had a winning position only to blunder it tactically. So basically a nightmare match. And he left himself in, well, it's a double knockout. So we didn't, uh, well, the reason I'm here is that I'm with Magnus actually. But um, he didn't get to, to go home, but now it's he's in this sort of loser's bracket. So, um, I mean, he, I think he has to win five matches and, uh, and an Armageddon game to, other, to, to win the event. But um, at least yesterday he managed to beat uh, Le Quang or, or beat is too too strong. He managed to eliminate him. They made three draws, but Magnus had black in the Armageddon game. So, uh, I mean, yeah, Magnus is, technically speaking, he's on minus one after after eight games here, but he's still somewhat in the tournament. And today he's having a, a two-game match with So. Should he win that, he would play either, I think, Aronian or... Abtimiev and um, yeah, so on. So interesting times, but I think uh, Caruana and Nakamura will face each other in the the finals of the the, the winners. And um, well, well, you know the the system, right? Uh, so you guys might think that Nakamura is a big favorite, but you probably don't know <laughs> that Caruana actually beat Nakamura once yeah. in a rapid and blitz match. Exactly, so it's going to be an exciting. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Karana has looked a, a bit sloppy. To be fair, um, that um, that Nakamura is in uh, doing very well, and that Fedosev is out of the tournament is is pretty weird. I think in the match Fedosev uh, Nakamura first Fedosev was leading two one, Nakamura equalized uh, with with black, but then in the Armageddon game uh, Fedosev was completely winning with white uh, for huge phases of the the game, but. In some ending, he felt for a stalemate trick, and suddenly it was a draw. But, uh, yeah, it was a self stalemate. I mean, like, that I was, was incredibly stupid uh, in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, Magnus is not playing uh, well. There's no doubt about. But no, I, I was paid to follow actually. So yeah, yeah, well, me too <laughs> in a way. So yeah, so yeah, that was amazingly. Uh, but even in the Armageddon where. Uh, you said he was doing poorly, and then he had two minutes uh, against one. He was bidding very low. I mean, like, he was bidding seven minutes 58. But still, he was playing so much faster than Artemiev, which is a, he's a great player, but he's a bit slow in this uh, time control. And, uh, yeah, yeah, two minutes against one, full control winning, and he blundered his queen. So that was really a poor day for, for Magnus. But, yeah, we, we have seen poor days for Magnus, and we have seen him... Uh, coming back uh, from from there. So uh, let's see today. I mean, today at the time of recording Wednesday, it will be a very important uh, day. Well, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully he back. gets to play two matches, right? So it's, no, it's inter- yeah. interesting. I mean, no, I mean, he has to beat So, then he has to beat, uh, well, as I said, the, the winner of Aronian uh, Artemiev. Then... Should he do that, he would have to beat the loser of Nakamura uh, Caruana, and then Caruana. he would have to beat the, the winner twice. Twice. Yeah. I mean, it's a considerable road ahead, but uh, well, you know, it's also a challenge, which is kind of fun in a way. I mean, you know, yeah. should he actually manage this, it would feel like a major achievement. So let's see. For sure. But maybe he should switch back to just winning three matches. No, seems like much, much uh, simpler than entering this loser's bracket. Again, I cannot <laughs> speak for him, but that was kind of my plan when we got here. That, that seemed like a reasonable strategy. But, uh, well, what do I know? But every time you do that, you go somewhere with him mm. in some online tournament. He's just doing, he's doing poorly, right? Yeah, thanks for pointing it out. But you, you're actually right. I mean, I think for the last year, he's just <laughs> winning at home. And then he decides to go somewhere with me and it goes badly. I... <laughs> I can read yeah, the stats. But that but has nothing to do with you. I mean, it's just... He's uh, doing too, too, too much exercise in, in the morning. He's going to, to the mountains and I guess he's walking I mean, on. I don't see him that much, to be fair. So uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling it fully. But uh, we'll see. But, but Henrik, we know you're listening. Maybe we can <laughs> negotiate here that Peter gets a little bonus for staying away. Win, win, win situation. Yeah. I think that could be arranged without the bonus, unfortunately. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help. Yeah, Just yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, moving on? Yeah. What else is happening? Leiting Zhe keeps crashing, as I've predicted many a time. The future world champion defeated Tan Shongyi in the women's candidates match with, I'm not sure if one can say, comfortable margin, I think plus two in the end. No, but it was a completely crushing victory. It was five games, but also the, the game she, she lost. I think she was much better and such, right? So it, it struck me as a very one-sided match. Telling you, she's yeah. strong, and I genuinely think she might be a favorite against Ju Wen Jun in the upcoming Women's World Championship match. Are you up- updated on Ju Wen Jun's latest results? No, that's why I think Lei Ting might be a favorite. But I thought that Ju Wen Jun just won maybe a Chinese female championship beating comeback uh, Kit Hu Yifan in the final, or am I wrong? Ah, okay. She's rusty, Hu Yifan. Even so, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's gonna be no. gonna be interesting in a way. But uh, I mean, China has a absurd bunch of strong female players. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I haven't followed Zhu Wen Jun's career enough recently. To me, it looked like Lei Ting Jie is always up there playing mm-hmm. consistently well in all these women's events, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen so much of Zhu Wen Jun. But could be. Me, me neither. Uh, so thanks. No, it's gonna be interesting actually. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will, of course, cover it here in great detail. I believe 
That was the chess action of the week. The Champions Chess Tour and the World Chess Armageddon are still ongoing. So we can move to the big part of this episode. Our big World Championship match preview. Magnus Carlsen, as you might know, has decided not to partake in this World Championship match. So we need a new champion and it will be determined between Ding Liren from China and Jan Nepomneshi, who are the number two and number three players in the world. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? I haven't checked the writings. I really think so. Yeah. I, I, I think, think it's correct. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, Ali Reza. Yeah, yeah. Number four. 27.85. But yeah, Ding is 27.88 and Nepo 27.95. That fact should be celebrated a bit. I mean, to have the two strong, highest rated players uh, who are willing to play, play a world championship match is, uh, you know, it's not that regular. So it's actually something. Also, Nepomne shared 27.95. Is that a career best? He hasn't been to 2,800. No, like, might be. Might be peaking right now. Ding, of course, has dropped a bunch of ratings, yeah. especially in in Vikanze. He was well above twenty hundred. Yeah, yeah, very close in rating. Before we get to that, there's been a bit of a debate about the relevance of the match. I think even Kasparov, paraphrasing, said, "Yeah, it's not a real world championship match without Magnus," and so on and so forth. I know you guys are, of course. Deeply biased, but how do you feel about it anyway? World Championship match? No World Championship match? Where do you stand? Peter? Well, no, of course, it's clearly a World Championship match, but of course, it's also, you know, devalued to a certain extent by, well, the the, the reigning uh, champion not choosing to, to, to play, right? So, I mean, well, I just answered some interview where I said that I think... Uh, Well, of course, it, it hurts the title, but not to an extent that it uh, threatens its existence. I mean, world championship history is incredibly long, and we have seen these uh, hiccups uh, now and then. So, well, of course, it's not, not great. And, uh, well, ideally, you know, you have the, the strongest player being the world champion, and then we have the system that creates the, the strongest challenge, and they fight it out. And, well, that's not uh, the case this time. Of course, that's not ideal, but, uh, well, so, so, so be I, it. I, I, Yeah, I actually agree with, with Peter. It's not, it's not ideal, but it's not a disaster as well. As you mentioned, it's number two against number three in the world. So, I mean, it's kind of acceptable. Of course, it's a pity that uh, uh, Magnus is not playing for the, uh, the, the World Championship uh, match, let's say, uh, history and value and uh, so on. But yeah, it's not like you get number seven in the world against number 10, yeah? You get two very serious players. Yeah, there's that. And also Magnus chose not to play. It's not because of whatever um, other circumstances. So if he takes himself out of the equation, we yeah can't blame the others for, for playing the match and having the number two and number three. I think it's exciting. And we've had it plenty in chess history that you don't have the, the strongest player or the number one in the world in the World Championship match. For me, I don't know. I just enjoy classical world championship matches. So I'll certainly be, be following. For general attention, I guess it will go down a bit with yeah Magnus not being in there. Also, I'm not sure how Ding's social media is doing nowadays, but I guess he's keeping, keeping a low profile there. <laughs> like If you ask people on the street, have they heard of 
Nepomniši and Ding, the answer will be no, almost 100% no. Well, if you ask Carlson, yeah. I'm not sure, it might be. 30% might know him, or they might say, ah, it's some Norwegian guy and not know the name, but they've heard of Magnus. They probably haven't heard of the others, no? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a Nakamura Karana match would uh, draw more attention, at least, uh, I think, overall, yes. So, I mean, but uh, from a chess perspective, it's an interesting yeah. interesting match. But a Gotham against both his match will also draw more attention. Um, Could be. You, you gotta qualify for it. So I don't think we can. Well, we can blame the players for it. I'm. I'm certainly. <laughs> I mean, you're saying Ding. Looking, looking you have to qualify to. for it. Ding didn't qualify for neither the candidates nor for the match. But okay, you can. You can. Well, <laughs> he's sort of, yeah, uh, yeah. sort of qualified by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, beating Nakamura in this last game of yeah. the candidates, when at least there was a very good chance that second place. Would would qualify? It's a strange situation, but now the match is there, and uh, I mean, I could also come up with a lot of other arguments. But if you look at it from a chess perspective, it's an interesting struggle, right? And uh, I mean, you know, they, it has the potential also to be to you know surprise positively. Again, matches you know have their own psychology based on how things develop and such. So it's hard to predict, but we will give it a shot to to, to try that. The match will start on the ninth. So probably at the time we published this episode yesterday, um, and it's going to be held in Astana in Kazakhstan. I haven't seen much. I've seen they do have an official website now. They have a a logo, but I haven't seen that much. I also have to admit I wasn't really seeking out interviews with the players or or news. But normally you get them anyway. They have a slogan. How, what do you guys think about the? Unstoppable minds. They buzz before the match. Uh, do you have a physics segment today? I don't think so. You know, wondering. I think it's part of the. So we don't have a physics segment, so we can talk about it here. Yeah? So Peter would would probably talk about it. Yeah? So Peter, go. Well, there hasn't been a tremendous buzz, obviously, and having the web page up, uh, you know, eleven days before the match is perhaps not ideal. But um, well, I think also, I mean, Jan pointed to. Well, the players themselves are not really promoting it like that uh, either, I guess. So, I mean... Well, it's also not their problem or their no, job, no, I guess. And, um, the, the prize fund is locked in and they're focused on the, yeah, on the preparation. Also, I mean, the situation is rather special. I mean, Deng is Chinese. He he, he might be, be focused there. For Nepomian, she before the, the previous match, you would see a lot of uh, things. But, uh, well, due to the... Uh, well... Uh, well, the, the war. I think there is much less uh, propaganda coming there, which is, is is reasonable during the circumstances and things like this. So, I mean, you know, I think we will see some things within the chess world, but I think that the general media, at least in the Western world, has not really spoken about it, like unlike last times. And that's uh, well, that's how it's going to be. I mean, there, it's 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 natural. You can debate if it's good or not, but I mean that it's natural and logical is very hard to argue against. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's probably going to be followed by the chess community. Then again, once it starts, everyone's going to be doing commentary and live streams and so on. It's a world championship match. Mm -hmm. I think it carries enough prestige that eyeballs will be on it. But yeah, so far, the buzz has been a little underwhelming. Not sure if that's a problem for the event or the players. My best guess is no, actually. It would feel weird to me, actually, to have a new world champion. Just... Yeah, tell, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, 
Yeah. This is weird. I don't know how it will yeah. feel to Magnus that he's going to wake up someday. And yeah, let's see. Not part yeah, of the CV. That's a big question. Is he joining the next candidates tournament because he doesn't like the feeling? Time will tell. Asking for a Dutch friend here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, well, it depends on how the Dutch friend is doing in the rankings. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It could very much depend on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to our categories. We have categories to compare. Ding Liren and Jan de Pomnesi, the two contestants in the World Championship match, which will be played for 14 games. Is that correct? 14 games, then it's 7-7. It's, it's a tie break. And there's a rest day every two days, so it's going to be quite a long event. But it's going to last a month if they go the distance. Okay. The rest day after every two days is a games is a new thing, right? It's actually a reversal of the previous uh, rules. Last time it was after... Four was after every three days? Y- yeah. Yes. It was, no, three, two, three. Was, they were trying to make it t- tougher like this uh, last time, but now yeah. they seem to have reversed it. What was our partying schedule in Thailand? It was every other night or every third night? After after game uh, six and eight, you, and you, well, you remember day, that Magnus won and seven and seven. I mean, Magnus won yeah. game six and eight, which was without any free days. So I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, so right, right. So, but how do you, I mean? We, he played one, two, three, in one goes, and four, five, then six to eight, and nine, mm-hmm. ten, so that we could party uh, more more often uh, to towards the end. No, okay. Uh, I mean, it was a to make it tougher for the opponents. B also like. Doing this uh, like this, you will have uh, free days with you know different color ah, yeah. color yeah. game yeah. coming up afterwards, and you don't have to do this strange thing of uh, having repeat colors in the middle of the yeah. match. I don't know if they have reworded to that. Well, you can see I'm not paying that much attention to details for for this match. I guess they do. Yeah, there used to be this argument if you have a rest day every other day, but then if you are always black on the day after the rest day. That's tougher because you can get hit in the opening. I'm not sure if that applies in 2023 anymore. But there, I think Kasparov had that point back in the days. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, also just, um, I don't know. That's just uh, how, how how they did it, right? Yeah, Nepo, yeah. I think he was complaining after game six that, uh, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that the game was too long and he had to play the same day. He made, uh, so maybe it's uh, something I, he, he you- asks. To, to Fide. But that could still happen, no? Like, if the first game is too long, you still have to... Yeah, but at game. least you get... You have more chances so to get to Fide. You're starting to steal my argument already, yeah. No, but it's normal to discuss with the players. Even even Magnus discussed with Fide, no? You think okay, Fide has discussed discuss for... with Ding? Why not? I thought Ding found out about uh, where the venue was via the press in like. Yeah, but... But... Uh, the, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you should... But I guess they do. Actually, they do discuss with the players, and um, yeah, it's not so bad, no? I mean, if everyone agrees, I mean, why not? Okay, this is a, a detail, no? I don't think it changes much, I mean, this uh, this three-day stuff. No. Yeah. Personally, I think it's fine where championship matches are so intense and so much pressure that they have a rest day after two games, I think, is all right in the excitement, if there is any. We'll still be high enough. Yeah, it's also a question, of course, of costs and how much you <clears throat> want to drag out the event and so on. But I don't think it takes anything away. Okay, yeah. let's get to the categories. Yeah. Opening preparation. We use our time-trusted system that you can give up to five points. I'm not sure who we compare it to. 
either to the standards of World Championship matches or to each other. But we'll just give a number. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, in general, uh, I, I, I compare to, to, to the world's uh, best uh, players. and uh, That's also yeah. legal. Yeah. So what do you have, Laurent, opening preparation? I gave a uh, three for, for Ding because, well, um, it was not great the last uh, couple of years uh, in candidates. It used to be a bit better, but it has never been his, uh, a, a very strong point uh, among the, for, for, for Ding. Um, in my opinion, and to Nepo, uh, I understand you. You gave. I'm spoiling uh, Jan. Uh, Jan score. Uh, he gave a five out of five. I mean, the work is done, but I only did put a four because I don't like the. I mean, they, they are clearly um, actually in the previous match or in the. It's too predictable in the, my, my view. They like your just, just too much. Your creativity and the ability to think out of the engine, right? No, I mean, in these choices, uh, simply is way too predictable in my my opinion. But okay, and yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's good these days, uh, especially as white. I mean, if you are very predictable, then your opponent will uh, will have won't have many troubles to 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 equalize. So yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I gave him a five since you mentioned it. I agree with with Ding, like. He plays sound openings and sound values, and sometimes, or quite often, he has some ideas, especially in his white systems with D4 and C4. But he's one of the few who has very rarely played one E4, although he was kind of doing it in Vikanze. We don't know if that was a, a smokescreen or if he's just trying to expand his range there. And with black, he's also been narrow in the Marshall, where, of course, we know a little something as well. Sometimes it felt like yeah, he stuck to his systems a little too long or he wasn't completely up to date and hurt him once or twice in the candidates where I think Nepomneshi hit him in the opening once and there were some other incidences. Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, so I think three for Ding is fine, but of course we don't know the work that's been going in into it. As for Nepomneshi, yeah, I was between four and five because of course I also had that thought about not being so predictable, but he's... First of all, he's rocky solid with black now. He can be very predictable there. He can just keep playing his Petrov. He's already been getting hit in all the spots where he could get hit. And it just keeps getting tighter with every game, I think. So no real reason to change there. And it just looks like, because he used to not be an opening specialist, if we think some years back, that was never his strong suit. But all his work that's been done for the two candidate matches for the World Championship match, he can really really feast on it. I also guess he changed his habits, became more serious, brings more seconds to the tournaments and so on. So I'm not sure. He played a lot of D4 recently, which you could argue is the same like Ding's E4, that he's just trying to confuse Ding and then he's going to go back to E4. But to me, it looks like he added some range with the white pieces well, playing D4, E4, C4, having some ideas here and there. So yeah, you could argue if it's 4 or 5, but if you think about the best prepared players in the world, Names that typically come up are yeah, Fabi, Magnus, Giri. I think he's very much on that level. So really? I, I felt wrong so. to give him a four. I think he's a bit behind, yeah, exactly. I mean, this category of Fabi, Giri, Magnus, and I, I would put Nepo in the next one, but I don't know. Peter? Yeah, it's close. Peter can be the arbiter. Yeah, yeah. I have also given Nepo a four. I think uh, his preparation is technically very good um, and probably like faultless, but 
I think it lacks some practical punch. Of course, you can argue a world championship match uh, is one of the few events where plus one score is is excellent. So maybe you, you don't need more. But um, I mean, like, well, with Magnus, with White, well, he would perhaps play optical moves based on computer preparation, but he would get very little and he would not have any kind of uh, effect. So, I mean, well... I mean, it lacks maybe some surprise and some practical uh, approach in that sense. When you mention, let's say, Magnus and Fabi, I think they are very practically minded. And when you mentioned uh, Giri, well, I would say his level is still higher in in a technical sense than uh, Nepom. So I only gave him uh, a four. But um, I think his defensive prep is is excellent, but it lacks a little bit in the offensive uh, side, and we, we can call it. So, um, so it, it, yeah, you didn't want to say it, but you just agree with me. Yeah, as simple as uh, that. Something like that, to, to be honest. Uh, well, I mean, also we spend a lot of time together. You have listened to me. I mean, well, it seems to, you know, sink in there, right? Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we see it very similarly in, in that sense. No, mm. I mean, I agree with Ding. Maybe I will disagree slightly. If anything. I mean, I was leaning more towards two than towards four with him. But I think he, I mean, he has good preparation and or sometimes in a practical sense, he would just do his English position, which he likes and feels quite well for. But he's both had a mix of, let's say, naivety at times uh, by sort of not surprising or, or things like that. And maybe also, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen him as being very impressive. But also, again, if we take two, 2019 thing, he was he was uh, excellent. I mean, there's not that much info on, on on Ding recently, right? But the candidates, ah, he's been in the weaker side of uh, of uh, prep is my general impression. But uh, I somehow like him uh, quite quite as well there. So, I mean, I would not be shocked if he actually comes out with with quite uh, interesting uh, prep in terms of uh, how he wants to 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 play in the Pomyashi. So, I mean, but I think that technically, of course, uh, Nyapom is is on a somewhat higher level there. Yeah, hard to argue. Last point, because of the lack of surprise, I feel it's maybe a bit under the impression of the Magnus match as well, where you could argue as long as the score is tied, it's also not necessarily in Nepomnishi's interest to surprise and give up some equity and play a wilder game might not be optimal strategy. So to keep it tight there, I think might have been match-specific. And I would also argue that he did get a little something against Magnus out of the opening, even with that approach in game number five, was it? He was seriously better than in one of the quieter games. Magnus had to make a lot of excellent moves. So, yeah, I I hear your point that it seems like they are trying to be very clean and sticking to the first computer lines, just getting, getting the number there. But overall, I think there's so much work and so many ideas being produced that he will have a richer chest of stuff to choose from, most likely. So I think highly of his preparation. Let's move on. Current form. Peter, you want to start? I can do that. Uh, I've given Nepom a four. I mean, well, in, in Dusseldorf, you know, it was, I would say, up and down, but finished quite on a high note, if I recall correctly, right? I mean, he even got into the playoffs. I mean, it was nothing spectacular, but still he ended on a, on a solid plus score. And then, well, he's won two candidates, so he's actually shown some 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 stuff stuff uh, there. I mean, well, particularly winning the, the last candidate. So he's 
form while not being spectacular is is uh, is rather good. Um, and I think with Ding, well, of course, uh, Wyke was uh, well a pretty horrible experience. You could argue that two is too much in a way, but um, okay, he was you know not doing too badly in the candidates. Managed to to get to number two. He did pretty well in the. This uh, Chinese uh, rating uh, tournaments, right? I don't know if you count that. So I think also two is, is kind of uh, fair for him. But I mean, well, the reason that we, we think Ding has a considerable chance of doing well in this match is because we think of 2019, 2019 Ding. It's been a while since we've seen that Ding. So I think I think two is a is a reasonable uh, number for his 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 current form. Ding has to be better than he is. We have seen him recently to to be competitive. Yeah. Agree with that. I also gave him two out of five, although it's mainly under the Vike impression that we know. Vike is a special event. He was there by himself. He was playing 1e4 and so on. So I'm not sure how much we can and should read into it. And the candidates, yeah, he wasn't stellar maybe, but he did finish second. So it's not, it's hard to call that a major, major disappointment. But yeah, we haven't seen him on a steady world-class level. Also because we haven't seen him play much during COVID. He really didn't play much other than these online tournaments and whatever games he had to play to be eligible for the candidates. So yeah, hard to judge. Nepomnashi, yeah, you've mentioned in Dusseldorf, he really didn't look that impressive at the start. Made draws, even some shaky draws. Also seemed like he was not going for opening debates. But he did finish well. And yeah, I think three or four or whatever you want to call it is fine. He's established himself at least by rating now as the world number two. So hard to argue with this form. Also, crushing the candidates back to back is a pretty impressive achievement. They actually play very, very little. I mean, both of them. It's just when you look at, I mean, like, um, yeah, no. So, yeah, you cannot give them a five for sure. And as you said, uh, Nepo is picking uh, every time he's playing since the match. Actually, he's doing very, very good results. But yeah, they play so little, both of them. That uh, it's hard to hard to think that they will be in incredible shape. Yeah. Yes. The match will tell us. It's the eternal question: how many games yeah. you want to play before, how much you want to train. Nepomnishi last time said he overtrained and he was too exhausted from all the training camps. I guess also his sporting regimen and so on this time it sounded like we don't know of course and I'm sure work is being done he wanted to take it a little easier and for Ding we don't have a clue frankly no we don't know if he's yeah. sitting alone somewhere clicking we know he's working on chess but what help he has how it looks like I don't know anything no it's yeah, a, we don't it's a strange preview we have uh, extremely little information due to to normally right I mean well, uh, Napom is not open uh, about it this time, which is, uh, well, reasonable from his perspective. Yeah, but there we have a pretty good idea, right? We know who his team is to some extent, at least. Only to and some extent, I guess. Or maybe, I, I don't know. So, but I'd, be very, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't the usual guys, no? It's <clears throat> Matlakov, uh, Vityugov, <clears throat> Tyrulin. Yeah, Lico, I don't know. He was in the picture last time, but I would guess he's around. Mm-hmm. Um, who are we forgetting? I would be a bit. I mean, well, you're forgetting Potkin. I would be a bit surprised if Potkin. Yeah, I would be a bit surprised if Potkin is there because then we will have guys like me tweeting pictures of him together with Kayakin recently and such. I, I think they would have avoided uh, that. So I don't know. I mean, well, there is 
at least last time they were doing it quite publicly, sponsors, uh, soft tech and such. And with Ding, we have, I, I literally have no clue. I cannot mention one second. I mean, and uh, I have no idea. I mean, well, we'll talk about it later, but I have no idea which kind of level of support Ding has simply. Yeah, I yeah. I doubt we'll we'll find out. I'd be I'd be shocked if he didn't have it now. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After this, we talked about it at some point ago. This big Chinese project really to become world class in whatever you want to call it, Western chess for the last thirty years, and it was communicated at some point that the end game was to be the the open world champion. And now that there's a match, I mean, it would be shocking if they didn't throw whatever resources they have added. But yeah, we, we genuinely don't know. And Ding might also not be the most proactive in seeking sponsorship and asking people to help him. Still doesn't call Laurent up to this day, which really... That's uh, just amazing. Just amazing careless. mistake from, from, from Ding. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very, actually, I'm very curious to, to see, uh, you know, uh, some when, when the, the players arrive, they, they generally take some pictures. So with whom he will be traveling, just get there. I mean, like, what will be the delegation? Five people, ten, uh, two? But usually you also don't show your seconds, no? Like, uh, at least not at the arrival. If Ding contacted you now, I mean, you would be cheaper than if he contacts you desperately after game seven. How does it work? Sort of. Uh... I have to think about it. Okay. I don't know. Wow, playing hard to get now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ding. <laughs> He's bluffing anytime. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> I have to I have to try everything, you know, all, all kind of strategy. I, I know he's listening. I think there was some picture of Ding sitting in a plane recently, but uh, no details about team. Wow, shocking. Yeah, to Paris. Probably not <laughs> to Paris. <laughs> yeah. Ali Reza. Mm-hmm. The the fashion thing is just an excuse. <laughs> Ali Reza just went to work full time for Ding. That would be quite something. But- Sounds like a strange, strange mix, to be honest. But uh, again, no, sounds great. Yeah, let's get to fighting spirit. I gave Ding five out of five. I am not sure if that's accurate, but he doesn't seem to crack much, even if things don't go his way. That's what I was mainly basing it on. Okay, now Vike was an overall disaster, but you could argue that was a preparation tournament. And in the candidates, we've seen him fight back. More than once from pretty bad starts. So I think calmly that he does have a lot of fighting spirit and confidence in him. As for Nepomneshi, it's hard to judge because he's looked so good and stable recently. I still only gave him two, which might be might be on the low side. But yeah, once he loses the game, he's very often been falling apart. Not just in the match, but also in tournaments prior to that. I'm not sure if you can call that fighting spirit because he's clearly he's not a chicken he very much believes in himself and he will play the games out but maybe it's more of a nerves thing which played into it for me but it could also be that with all the success recently it's been overcome to some extent he didn't lose a game though in either of the candidates ah, no, in the first candidates he lost one game but then there was a one year break in the second I don't think he lost one so I'm very curious to see if he loses a game how he will React, that's been his Achilles heel. Other than that, what do you guys have? I, fu- I fully agree with you on, on Ding case. I mean, all, all the time he's playing um, all his games and taking some, at times, I mean, like fighting decision uh, during his games. That's how I hated it. But Nepo, he became, he changed, he, 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 my, 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 his, his, his style came to, 
you know, it's a bit more ma matured. And uh, yeah, yeah in the second part of candidates, uh, I mean, I remember the first one when he qualified to play, when uh, it was this 2020-21. Um, he took some some quick doors um, as White, so he changed a bit. Uh, he changed a bit, and that's why I think it's good for him, actually. But that's why I only gave him um, a, a two, actually, or three. three. I think you gave yeah. him a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also wasn't. Sure, because he's clearly a fighter. He's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, how he reacts to losses, that's the, the big question. Yeah, he's thinking now a bit, I mean, much more about the result. And that's how you become a chicken. I mean, we can we can testify about it. I mean, I'm, on Sunday mornings, Bundesliga game, I'm only thinking about the result, you know. Wow, don't tell anybody. People <laughs> people weren't aware. Well, just, I mean, well, but you're thinking about one specific result, right? I mean. No, with White, he's also thinking, ugh, I have to play something, but I don't want to take any risks. So yeah, exactly. Can I play this line, or will Peter be upset? It's not easy to be, <laughs> to be Laurent. You can always ask. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Peter. I mean, I gave Nep uh, sorry Ding a four. Um, I don't think he's in the five category, but I agree that he has this kind of robustness. That I mean, you saw it in both candidates. He actually comes quite back, and uh, no, I mean, he seem. I mean, well, maybe I'm confused that he's such a nice guy, but he seems to be a considerable fighter still, and I don't think there's much evidence of him completely collapsing uh, mentally to to a certain extent. I. I don't think he has this complete winner winner gene that we, for instance, would see in someone like like Magnus. But um, he's he's tough, and I don't. I mean, should he get behind the match? I mean, he's gonna give it a, a serious effort, no doubt. I mean, well, we. Have, I don't know. It's not a topic, but sometimes, well, people always talk about match experience having some relevance. I I do think it's probably tough playing your first world championship match. It's gonna be. Well, you don't. I don't think you can simulate the feeling. You will probably feel there. I think, having said that, I'm not sure there's any statistical evidence of um, you know people being particularly hurt from not having match experience. So, I don't count that too much. But um, well, we given him a four. Nepom, I gave a two. I, I agree that he's gotten quite better, but I still think he's very capable of um, creating this narrative that okay, things are not working for me, and stopping to you know. Well, this kind of ne negative spiraling. It hasn't happened much. It hasn't happened in these two candidates. But also, well, we have to remember that the two candidates went incredibly smoothly for him. He started out well and, and things like that. Of course, well, the match, you saw him completely collapsing. Of course, it's easier to collapse against Magnus. But you have seen it with him sometimes. And while I think you can, of course, improve it a lot under extreme pressure and world championship matches is the most extreme pressure there is, your, your bad habit tends to come back. So... I think should things go badly for him, he could end up in his, uh, you know, bad mental framework. But I think most likely he will uh, not. But I think, um, I mean, well, Nepom will probably do well in his match, but but I don't think it's because of his uh, mental toughness. It's because of other, other skills. Fair enough. Let's get to the most important category, the hair. I gave Ding three out of five. Always has a... Solid, solid haircut. Not a lot of variation there. I would, I would enjoy it if he if he tries something for the match. Maybe I don't know. Nice little, nice little undercut or the Pomnishi style. Get the ponytail. But I, I have my doubts. The Pomnishi also gave a three out of five. Also solid haircut. But I would, 
I would be willing to go up to five out of five if he also went back to the ponytail. I think ponytail should be an automatic five out of five. <laughs> Magnus is playing with a ponytail here from Swiss, right? I haven't seen him. Okay, yeah. This is, I mean, this is, has, he, has he gotten a haircut since the Oslo camp? No, he didn't. Wow. Apparently, I mean, from what I could judge, yeah, I don't think he got any. So I will give, yeah, I, I gave a three uh, to both of them. I, I'm I'm going to to be generous today and to give a three to to Jan as well. I, I can see you did you did some some good stuff uh, last time. It was a two. It was a bit rude, uh, rude but uh, today it's a, it's a three for you, Jan. It was a one. Don't think I'll, it was I'll a one. Forget. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sorry. So it's a three today because it's, uh, you know, it's nice. That, no, I like that it. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. I won't shower now just, just to make sure my hair stays exactly this way. Peter. Peter, did you weigh in? Yeah, no, not yet. I, I gave Ding a three. I think, uh, well, that's my go to move when I think, you know, he has impeccable hair, but also just, I mean, it, well, it's very systematic. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it, I, I, there, there is very little to say about Ding's hair, right? So that's just a, yeah. a free. With with uh, Jan, no, I've given him a four, but I agree with Gusti's things. It, it it depends on the ponytail. I have sort of calculated in that uh, you know it could be a ponytail, it could not, and that's why. It, well, I actually agree with uh, with Jan that probably not, and then he will drop to a three. But I mean, when he talks about changing the approach from last time, he might just decide that you know. Jan has to be Jan, and he will show up with a ponytail because that's how he enjoys. So, I mean, that's actually, I mean, that's what I very much would recommend him to do. But it's my impression he doesn't listen to me, my advice, especially not about hair. So uh, I doubt he would do it. But I think, I mean, that would show confidence if he comes comes like that. But, uh, we will see. It's actually an interesting point of the match, huh? which, which kind of hair will he bring? Yeah, it's an important factor. Then let's get to Peter's... Favorite category, Oof. the ties to Russia. I gave Ding one out of five. He's Chinese, so you can't get a zero. Um, and Epomnishi, who obviously is Russian, a four out of five. I'm I'm not sure. Depends, of course, how you... You, you gave him five out of five. You gave nope, five. I did not. <clears throat> I gave a four. I gave myself a five out of five. Ah, sorry. Okay. No, of course you can read into that question. Whatever you like, here's Russian. I guess he will play under the defeat of flag. Oh, that he, yeah. he has to legally, but uh, he hasn't changed his federation from Russia to FIDE, for instance. I, I will get my time oh. to talk. You can say what you want. Yeah, no, but he, he had a statement against, uh, against the war, uh, as far as I know. I mean, like... He signs a statement with other other grandmasters, so that's why I also gave him a four. Um, because of, obviously he has ties to Russia, but actually he did publicly uh, take position against the war. So, so Peter, uh, me, Peter, me, or yours. yes, yes. Um, well, just to keep you guys, uh, you know, hanging there a bit, I will start with Ding. I gave him a zero. Um, well. Obviously, it's ties to Russia, but I would also say that, it, I mean, if we look at it in terms of state support, I think we don't know yet, but my feeling is Ding has much, much less support. I, I don't know it, but that would be my fear for him. That um, I agree that it's puzzling towards this Chinese project, and they are so close to the finish line. Does he win this? 
I mean, they have done this incredible feat of winning both uh, championships, which would be simply amazing. But, I mean, well, as you said, it's hard to imagine that Ding has just said, okay, I mean, guys, I need uh, five guys working full-time and I need uh, access to the most powerful computers we have here in China. I don't see Ding doing it. And um, while they should be supporting him heavily, it's not the the, the wipe we have gotten in, in other tournaments and that they were suddenly changed like this. I kind of uh, doubt. So I would be worried for him in terms of technology, support, all these kind of uh, things, right? I mean, well, we haven't seen any Chinese propaganda so far, as far as uh, I know. Maybe it's just because um, I'm much better Googling uh, Russian stuff than Chinese stuff. It could be, but um, certainly it's the case. But I, I kind of uh, doubt it in that way. That uh, there. Then, okay, getting to Nyapam. Um, I gave him four out of five. A lot of it is lack of knowledge. I mean, for instance, for the previous match, he was a clear fight out of five. He was having tons of state support, uh, oligarch sponsorships, uh, a lot of money for, for, you know, financing would appear in somewhat nationalistic settings and uh, these kind of things. I mean, well, Kayakin would be flown in, blah, blah, blah. They were very much playing this this card, card uh, no doubt. And he had, uh, well, the Skolka was supercomputer. This time... Well, I have no clue. I mean, and it's not because of lack of asking. Again, people who follow me on Twitter could see that I, well, I regularly asked. I mean, do they actually, does he have access to a supercomputer? We don't know. I mean, well, Lorang mentioned this um, statement that around 50 Russian grandmasters signed in the beginning of the, the match, uh, sort of, of the of the full-scale innovation. I mean, since then, he have had uh, Norilsk Nikola as a sponsor. He probably have sponsorship that we don't know about, but well, there is very little knowledge uh, these days. So it's harder to predict, but... It's difficult for me to imagine that there is not a lot of support for Nepomniachtchi in, in this case. And also, well, you can see that, um, well, he has a choice. Does he choose to represent the Russian Chess Federation or does he choose to be registered on the FIDA and he's chosen the Russian Chess Federation? So, I mean, he's playing on, on that side and that could be a, a practical necessity to, you know, have optimize his chances. But um well, that's why I end up on four, four out of five. There's a lot of uncertainty in a way, but I think in terms of support, he's on a completely different level than Ding, no doubt. And Well, that's also why I see him as a moderate favorite in the match uh, because of, well, the huge uh, inequality in, in, in terms of help. You, you brought back some nice memories, actually, when, the, when you, you mentioned this, that they, they flew in uh, kayaking, actually. That was, that was, that was a little funny. Yeah, we were with Jan enjoying some cocktail <laughs> in some terrace in Thailand. We, we got very scared Oof. when we saw oh, kayaking we got with, the, with the sunglasses. Full panic, so we Full decided. Panic. We decided. We only ordered one more cocktail. To, to, yeah, to order some more, but <laughs> also to go back at some point. No, but <laughs> I mean, hotel. this is ju- <laughs> yeah. it's just an example of propaganda. It, it works for national media. It shows that okay, we are trying everything. But we're going to fail anyway. But of course, for us, as you said, you would just sit in the bar and laugh because you thought it has zero impact, right? I mean, if anything, yeah, because no, he was we a... thought it was good news. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That. It seemed a bit de- desperate and you have some new guy like bringing in some some chaos, no. some randomness, uh, distracting like... Yeah. No, I mean, we were yeah, okay. We, we I mean, it was good news. Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, like kayaking, what, I mean, what can he say? He, he can oh. tell Nepo, look, I was on plus one, I still lost. Look, the Spanish, you, the Spanish, <laughs> Jan. You didn't know this, but the marshal. Now you're on minus two? <laughs> no, no. It doesn't look good, yeah? No, no, no. I mean, no, well, I mean, it's it's just propaganda. And if anything, as you said, it probably has a negative effect. I mean, you have, you get this guy coming in and he's probably annoying, right? I mean, it's, 
I mean, yeah. well, do we honestly believe Kayakin hope that he would win? It's not even a given, right? That's true. Yeah, no, no. Probably not. But anyway, thanks for bringing up, well, for giving you some memory if you enjoyed it, Lauren. Yeah, no, thank you. I yeah. forgot about that, actually. Yeah. I just... I will, I will still hope that after match seven, after game seven, ding down minus one, we see Laurent with the sunglasses <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the hoodie at Astana Airport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that would be something. Yeah, it's never too late, my boy. Ding, come on, behave yourself. <laughs> Give me a call. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, predictions. Oh, I didn't do predictions. Me neither. We can start with Laurent. Winner and score. Laurent has predictions. Yeah, yeah this is not a, really a prediction. This is my hope. Actually, I think I think Nepo is a favorite, but I'm voting for Ding, and uh, I hope uh, if he gets to win a game. Uh, before uh, Nepal, then, then we are doing well with my boy Ding. Play well, win games. So that would be my advice, uh, Ding. So please, so seven and a half, five and a half for for our team against Nepal. Also, you, Laurent, once you get there and you gave your advice, win games. Then, if he doesn't win the next game, you should mention, okay, we have different styles. So my advice is not that useful. That's very important as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. I find it very, very tough to predict still, although, of course, I think in general it has shifted that even after the candidates, but certainly before, Ding was considered to be a small favorite and because of Vaig and also because of uh, Ding's solo trips and not having anybody there, um, then with Nepomnishi doing well, I think it has shifted a bit that people now consider Nepomnishi a bit of a favorite, and it's hard to disagree with that. Bookmakers is the same. 50, it used to be 55-45 for Ding, now it's 55-45 for Nyepongachi. Yeah, I think that's the general mm -hmm. general feel, and it, it feels sort of right. I still think that we have to price in this factor that if Ding takes a lead, yeah. the match could be over, while if Nyepongachi takes a lead, it won't matter that much to Ding. So I feel it's very, very close. And I, I will take ding and tie breaks. Let's let's oh. live a little. Wow, wow. Okay. Oh. Although disclaimer, I think fifty-five percent for Nepomniachtchi is correct. Okay. I will say seven and a half, five and a half for Nepomniachtchi. I mean, I'm surprisingly, at least that's my impression, on very good friendly terms with with both players. But I am rooting for Ding in this match. But that's uh, to a huge extent uh, political and. Perhaps so is my prediction. I, I think that uh, both, I mean, you know, uh, Russian state support, to some extent FIDE support, is going to be helpful for, for Nepomniachtchi in, in this match. So I see him as the, as the favorite there. But uh, it's very hard to, to, to predict. But now, I mean, I mean, we basically hedged our bet, right? We basically, we have taken all the, the sensible guesses with any kind of, uh, you know. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's a fairly... Equal match, Nepomnishi has shown slightly better form recently. Ding might have a slightly better track record historically, rating-wise. So, who knows? I'm not so sure because you keep bringing up the help, especially with engines being so strong nowadays, and Ding obviously has the time to prepare, how much of a factor it really is because computer engines so strong are really a big equalizer, and even to have super-fast engines nowadays, you don't need access no. to any any supercomputers. So as long as the time is being put in and knowing Ding, even if he puts in a lot of time himself, I think it's hard to be 
at too big yeah. a disadvantage in the opening. It's a bit more of a question about the infrastructure on site. If he's comfortable, if he has yeah people to hang out with, if he wants people to hang out with, if he prefers being by himself, it's very hard to read. But I don't think this yeah support in chess terms matters that much at this stage. I'm also thinking of these things that, I mean, the venue might be a bit more comfortable for Nepomniachtchi. He will have... Uh, you know, probably more people going with him while we don't know yet. But I think for Ding, it will be more familiar, more lonely and, and stuff like that. And maybe that's what he prefers, but uh, I don't know. I'm, that That's just my my guess that there is some of these things that sums up to to the advantage in percentages I, I spoke about. It's it's not massive. I mean, if Ding's comes in super form with a lot of confidence, I mean, who cares about these smaller details, right? But um, again, we, we, are not, we don't know yet and uh, they do count. Also, I think... Usually the best indicator is whoever wins the first game, right? And it, it could be either. Yeah. But whoever wins the first game will be a big favorite, even with this long, long distance. No, that's changes. also, I mean, again, to, to brag about having some world championship uh, experience. But, um, I mean, well, people try to make statistics of what matters and such. And, you know, they talk about match experience, blah, blah, blah. My general feeling is just that, well, being the best player is an incredible advantage. I mean... It, it sounds stupid, but I mean, well, why can't we just sum it down to that? I mean, well, the best player has pretty, pretty big edge in these kind of events. And, uh, yeah, but well, that's why the yeah. debate is so close here, exactly. because we yep. really don't know. No, I mean, yeah, they're yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very close to each other, historically, rating-wise, results Well, I mean, we can, but you can still imagine the match ending. At some point, we will say, okay, Ding was a clearly better player, or you can say, ah, Nepomniachtchi was a clearly better player. This is It's very likely. We just don't know yet. Um, but, um, I mean, no, there is many narratives that could come, come out, is my impression. We'll see. Agreed. All right, that was our preview. We'll try to cover the match on the chicken channels if things go according to plan. We might even get together, do daily recaps in one or another constellation. It is the World Championship match. I'm excited, no matter what the circumstances yeah, can't wait. Any any closing statements? Yeah, I thought. I mean, I will say that I think the Popyarchi is going to play one e four in the match, and I don't know. But uh, yeah, we we haven't spoken a bit about that. I thought that was the plan. We actually brought a chessboard for this uh, yeah. video, right? I will move the pieces. So you think you will play e four? You can move. Yeah, so. I guess that the thing will uh, reply the marshal. Although I'm not fully certain, but that sounds likely. I, I will just take a strange gamble and say. I think Ding is going to play one C4, but I don't know. That's, uh, that's somehow... Every game? Not every game, but that we will see quite some C4. I mean, a slightly less theoretical approach, but trying to get playable positions that he feels familiar with, in a way. I mean, well, you saw how difficult it was for Magnus to break through the Catalan last time. I mean, is Ding going to try that? I don't know. Hard to say, but it would be... Odd to me if he put all his eggs in the C4 no, I don't... basket. Could be he's not touching E4 and he's going to try difference. Mm-hmm. C4, D4, is knight F3, G3, stay in that territory. But I'd be shocked if he opened every game with one C4. Yeah. I... As for Nepomnishi, I don't know. Like, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, E4 is going to be around. But I wouldn't be surprised if D4s or C4s, which have been part of his program regularly, are also done. I could also see him yet yeah, doing... A kind of, okay. he probably thinks he has a better team and can rack more quickly. So then the classical strategy is to try E4, D4, C4, see where you feel you, you can poke. 
and then go there. Well, last time he tried, indeed, quite unsuccessfully, just to wear down Magnus by hitting the same spot uh, all the time. But I don't know if he's sort of willing to, well, I mean, to start jumping around in areas you are not familiar with. You, you sort of expose yourself to, well, Ding is going to have some kind of surprise that's going to feel a bit unfamiliar to him. I mean, again, I don't yeah, know if he, if he has going to... Going 1c4, he's not really unfamiliar, and his d4, like, yeah. I think nowadays it's so easy to familiarize yourself with the work is going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could be wrong. We'll yeah. we'll see. I'm saying they will jump. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Ding probably won't play much e4. Yeah. No, no I don't think they will jump much as white. Well, but okay, uh, let's see. Nepo will go e4. He, I, he will do exactly the same than he did the previous match. If it goes wrong, then he will try something different. But so what do you think? He's just gonna play Marshall eight a4 every game, or yeah. Like, I mean, if it goes well, I mean, of Curious. course, he has nothing. But he will have nothing, yeah, because says, Jan. <laughs> well, what do you think he's going to get? I mean, Ding does have computers, right? And he will probably anticipate that option. Uh-huh. Let's see. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Yeah, I'm curious to... No, well, of course, very interesting. could very much happen in the first game to, to see. And if you only go E4, you have to be ready in the Italian or some surprise as well. But he's always, he's always played both. As I said, I expect him to try multiple first moves. Yeah, I'm a bit less certain about that, but again, it, so much is also going to depend on how the match develops. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, for me, it's exactly. obvious that uh, I think Nepom is much more E4 player than than the others. Yeah, but, uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll find out with Black, and I would guess for Nepom Okay, he doesn't expect E4 anyway. He will say, "Okay, I'll stick to the Petrov if he really wants to do E4." I'll repeat the files a little more, but yeah, it would be strange to change that when you. It's not very likely either way. Against d4, it's also hard to see him deviating too much from... I don't think he's coming back to the Grunfeld. So it's very, very likely he will go knight f6, e6, and then play play the Nimzo after knight c3, and d5 after knight f3. No, going for whatever Catalan line they prepared. He could stick with his bishop e7 or pick another line. Plenty of lines there. E c4, c5, for example, seems very likely as well. But again, I mean, we also lack some imagination. We are basically just saying that, well, it feels like we're preparing for the previous match. We are expecting them to do exactly the same. I somehow yeah. still think that they will do it, and this is modern times. But it's just, uh, well, we're not giving them credit for coming up with any kind of surprises. Yeah, yeah because they didn't do it. I agree. Well, you make some adjustments, no? Like in Catalan, if he's not happy with Bishop E7, you can prepare, whatever. DC4 yeah. followed by C5 or or some surprise. But I'd be very shocked because also, yeah, mm-hmm. this is modern times. It's not like you play the Grunfeld in that match, then out of six e6 in that match, and now you prepare the Slav or whatever. The Queen's Gambit accepted. I'd be quite surprised yeah. if you didn't go knight f6 e6. No, that's what I feel as well. They kind of come with exactly the same skeleton of openings as they used to, and they will have some details here and there. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to see them going, you know. Well, maybe Ding could play the Nims a bit wide or something like that. I don't know. I mean, you can sure. expect something like this, but still... But first of all, he's been doing that. And yeah, yeah, I, exactly. Always something you take into account. No, mm-hmm. the E3 Nimzo, the F3 Nimzo, Quincy 2 Nimzo. Yeah. I mean, that has been a big part of the preparation for the last match, surely, as well. Do you think we will see them, you know, some of them trying to do our beloved free rolls, trying to minimize play? Or are they just going to aim for... I think Ding is going to aim for playable uh, positions uh, mm-hmm. in a way yeah. Nepomniachi maybe less so but um. I don't know like I would guess it's more 
Team Nepomneshi mm -hmm. style, but I think both sides are usually trying, as we said earlier, Nepomneshi. They're trying to get the number, which is tougher and tougher to get, of course, nowadays, yeah, especially yeah. with the white pieces. And as for Ding, I'm not sure we're giving him enough credit for being practical with white. He knows where the game dies down and he knows where to look for ways to continue. So I think he is actually, in a way, quite smart there, finding spots where he can play. But I don't think he's the type who will say, okay, this is a draw if he finds seven computer moves, but maybe he has looked at this. I don't think that's his approach. His no, approach no. is normally keep a fighting position. Well, I think Nepomniachtchi would probably have loved to free roll more with Magnus. It's just very hard in this martial area. I mean, so, I mean, that's... Yeah, it's also why you, yeah. why you choose it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, no, no, I mean... Yeah. No, I... It's just two players we, which we see as very conservative who will do the stuff they, they you know. It's, that's actually is perhaps, uh, I mean, for, well, for someone who works with this, is by far the most interesting aspect of the match for me in, in, in yeah. many, many ways. Me I mean, how is this thing going to develop? So uh, I, thought, I thought it made sense that we, we talk about it. But it so sounds like we all think that uh, they are basically just going to stick with, uh, you know, basically public knowledge, adding, of course, you know, a few ideas here and there. But... Um, it's not like we, we see them, like Kramnik, he will come up uh, with the Berlin against Kastrov. I mean, we don't think that some of them has invented uh, new concepts to that extent. Times have changed so much, I would be surprised. I think the choices is more, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you play the, whatever, the, what's it called, the Wesley Semitarash or the classical Semitarash yeah. mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. the Queen's Gambit decline, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd be really shocked if it was, mm -hmm. I don't know. The Slav, for example, from the Pomerschi will like. Yeah, that that would that would puzzle yeah. me tremendously. I mean, Ding could maybe do it, but also, I mean, Ding will be heavily focused on I think white prep and on prep against one e four with me. I guess. Uh, yeah, Ding against one one d four. I guess is also not his priority, which normally means then you more or less keep your stuff. I'm not even sure. Yeah. What he's up to, but most likely, also. Out of sixty-six business, no, and then similar and choices. That's maybe also my argument for going one d four as Nepom. Well, it's less tempting because you don't really know what you're gonna get. While against e four, you know, of course, you can argue if you know you're gonna get something you really dislike, then you should at least play the lottery and go d four, right? But uh, yeah, no, exactly. We play e four, and you know, you get the Petrov or the Berlin, <laughs> or you don't have any spots where you want to look in the Marshall. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, or the Italian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to say. Maybe some some Italians will show. Yeah. I don't know. No. Shocking would be Ding playing the Sicilian, for example. Even the Pomnoshi playing the Nidorf. I wouldn't completely rule out if Ding goes e four, but I would be. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look like. I don't. I, very likely. <laughs> I, I I honestly don't see Ding playing one e four. Are you sure? Yes. I, no, this I can see because no. it's hundred percent sure Petrov is very likely, so you can. Yeah, but you I mean you get you get this one world championship match in life. Are you actually gonna stake it on something that's so unfamiliar for you? I I, I don't see that. I mean But how does it matter if it's unfamiliar if you get the Petrov like to click some buttons in the position after whatever bishop d6, you don't have to be very familiar. Of course, if some guy called him and says, Okay, we we busted the Petrov, perhaps you would like to, to, to know. I mean, sure. At least try it once. Yeah, He's yeah. Strong enough that he can play. I did bust the Petrov thing. Sorry? Please call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long has it. Yeah, so. I have a big... Uh, no, but Anand played 1d4 in his match against Kamnik. Well, I mean, it was... 
this was a, a very very long project, uh, and it was different times in a way. But uh, and it wasn't that successful. Well, it was okay, but no, um, it was not. Yeah, yeah, and this was well. The, the thing is, if Ding Ding chose not to play anyone, e four his Vike approach would look even more simplistic. No, this tournament I will play one e four, so then never play it in the match. That will confuse them so much. I, I mean that. Almost feels too basic to me, but maybe maybe that was a thing. I love it. it, it it's so incredibly basic that it's, it's charming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so. I I don't know. Maybe he didn't know at the time. But, I mean, well, also if he was flirting with the idea, then Wyke has somewhat put him off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we will see. We will see. I, I just don't. Well, I wouldn't expect it. But, I mean, before the the bond match with well, Anand against Kramnik, we were paying you know, considerable attention to some prep against one E4, which was quite stupid. I mean, we prepared the dragon for, for some reason that is hard to explain. And it takes a lot of f- focus if you somehow start believing your opponent will do kind of stuff like this. It's better to just say just, okay, this is a stupid, he will never do that, and then ignore it more or less. Yeah, but before every match, people come up with a game plan against E4 and uh, D4 North. Of course. Yes, they do, course. before every tournament. Yeah, I understand. We will see. It yeah. starts on the 9th we will try to follow the action here because it's going to be very interesting, at least the openings and the ideas we'll see. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on all our channels. Great review. All the good stuff. Hit the bell. Watch our recaps and so on. Take care. Watch our recaps. Bye. Bye-bye.